All right, guys, we are here for the crossover event of week one. It's Locked On Chargers. It's Locked On Raiders. I'm here with your boy Q, and we're going to be breaking down the biggest storylines of this game this weekend when the Chargers and the Raiders finally get that rematch after probably the most dramatic game we saw in 2021. So I'm so excited to get into it. We're going to get into just the biggest storyline for the Chargers. It's J.C. Jackson and the kind of ambiguity of whether he's going to play or not because that would be a nice guy to put on, Devontae Adams, you know. And for the Raiders, it's going to be the offensive line and just if it can hold up a lot of new guys there, guys with, you know, not a ton of experience, at least at the very moment that we see right now with guys, you know, right tackle being a guy that played right guard for you guys last season. We'll get into the key matchups that are going to decide the game and figure out what the final score of it's going to be. I mean, (laughs) I don't even know where I'm going to go with that one yet. But what's up, Q? I'm excited to get into this one, man. Football is back. Yeah, man, week one matchup, and who wouldn't want this one, right? AFC West division opponents, we all remember week 18. Remember how, uh, you know, the Raiders and Chargers went down to the wire overtime, depending on who was going to go to the playoffs, who wasn't, where they're going to tie, you know, and all of a sudden the NFL, <laughs> you know, they're really good at what they do, man. They put this schedule together, so they have these two division opponents square up on week one, this time at SoFi Stadium. So, yeah, man, looking forward to it, and, and just to know that football's back is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at Dan Talk Sports on Twitter. And you can find your boy Q at your boy Q254 on Twitter. As always, we appreciate you guys following us there. But today, it's the biggest storylines we have to get into. And I think for the Chargers, it's pretty simple because they have to go up against a guy named Devontae Adams. And they don't know if JC Jackson's going to play. And for me, Q, I mean, that is going to play a huge factor because I even with these two teams at full health, which the Raiders seem to be, I mean, nobody on the injury report for the Raiders this week. Right. It would be close. It's a divisional game. I, I never really sensed a blowout in this game from the Chargers perspective. A lot of moving parts on both sides. But having J.C. Jackson is huge. I mean, there's a reason they went and spent the money they did on him. And there's a reason that Brandon Steele kind of needed to get his guy to run his kind of defense. We heard this morning on uh, Wednesday as we're recording this that he was not going to play this weekend. That was the report from uh, NFL Network. And then now you have Brandon Steele saying, hey, I haven't ruled it out yet. He has the walking boot off. He might play. But like. To me, that is a huge factor in a game where I don't think the margin is very wide anyways. No, it isn't. You know, and J.C. Jackson was the prize of free agency for a lot of teams, and the Chargers were able to land him. You know, and that was a big deal uh, for multiple reasons. Obviously, the Chargers have to face the AFC West, which is the Broncos, the the Chiefs, and the Raiders. And the Raiders had Devontae Adams, as you mentioned. So they have a three-headed monster, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and then Hunter Renfro. So you would like to have J.C. Jackson out there with Asante Samuel. So, uh, yeah, when I saw that report that he wasn't going to play, and then, well, maybe he will. To me, Daniel, it feels like he probably won't play, but – I mean, you, you never know. You know, he, I know he's a gamer and he's going to want to be out there. And everything I've heard, and I'm sure you could tell me a little bit better, he's been everything that he's, uh, you know, cracked up to be so far in training camp and preseason. So uh, it would be a big loss for the Chargers if he's not out there. Yeah, I mean, he did call out Justin Herbert. He said, hey, I don't think Justin Herbert's targeted this side of the field at all <laughs> since I've been here, right? And Herbert's like, yeah, I know, I think I did. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is huge. And, I mean, I know a lot of, you know, Chargers fans are downplaying. I'm sure, you know, Raiders fans are downplaying those weaknesses too. But at the same time, I mean, that is a huge difference. It, it yeah. is the guy that they went. And I think it's nice because the Chargers do have, I mean, the worst case scenario, you're going with two guys who started for you last year. And I think Bryce Callahan over Chris Harris Jr. in the slot when you have someone like Hunter Renfro is going to be a big upgrade for the Chargers. But right. still, J.C. Jackson is J.C. Jackson. 17 picks, Mr. INT the last two seasons. But what do you think the biggest story is for the Raiders as they ended in this huge matchup? Well, I mean, it's obviously the offensive line, in my opinion. I mean, you have right now Jermaine Illuminor slotted in to be the right tackle. 
Uh, the Raiders earlier this uh, offseason when cutdowns came, they got rid of Alex Leatherwood, the former first-round pick, number 17 Crazy. overall, just after one season with the team. So they moved on from him. They have uh, a new guy there at Lester Cotton Sr. Uh, at the right guard position as well. So everything's new on the right side of the offensive line for the Raiders, and there's still question marks, even the center position. Andre James, he's only a second-year center. Uh, John Simpson, he's a second-year full-time uh, left guard right now. And, you know, he didn't really do that great. He got a little bit better towards the end of the season last year, but it's a lot of youth, right? And so Colton Miller is the steady guy at the left tackle spot. So that's good. And I think that, you know, there'll be a better offensive line with him out there. But in the preseason, they gave up over 15 sacks, right? And that's that's not good. That was over the course of four games, but still, sure. that's not good, you know? And then you're going up against Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. And we know those guys could pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. So uh, I'm assuming that they're, they're going to do exactly that. And they're kind of licking their chops, waiting to test out this Raiders offensive line. So uh, the Raiders, Joshua Daniels, Derek Carr, all, all, all the offensive, um, you know, gurus that they have on that squad are going to have to figure out how to protect the offensive line, protecting Derek Carr, right? I mean, it's not just how to protect Derek Carr, but also how to help out that offensive line. So if it gets off to a slow start, maybe they could scheme something up to try to slow down Max, slow down Bosa, because, man, those two guys alone could wreck a game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think on both sides, right? And we can probably get into the right tackle position for the Chargers, too, where I think, you know, the Raiders obviously have a big advantage there. And there's a lot of question marks there. The Chargers have a completely new side of their right side, right? Their new right guard, Zion Johnson, a first round pick. And Trey Pipkins is taking over after Storm Norton had that job last season. But I mean, it's so important, though, just because I think in with the offensive line, like, the Raiders, right? You have new pieces. You have someone like Devontae Adams. Now you have a three-headed monster with him and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. And it's like, but you know it starts up front because it's like, you know, if you really want to see that showcase, if you really want to see what this offense can do, they have to be able to hold up against a new and improved front for the Chargers. Right, exactly. And, you know, also in that front is, you know, the interior part of the defensive line. And uh, the Chargers, as you very well know, weren't that great at stopping the run last season. So I'm thinking that uh, the Raiders are going to try to slow down Mack and, and Bosa by also – having a heavy dose of the run game. But if that interior defensive line, as you mentioned, you know, as I mentioned as well, uh, could step up and, and play the role that they were brought in. I mean, again, uh, the Chargers, and this is why a lot of people are, are very high on the defense, is they went and addressed a lot of areas of concern. Uh, again, I'm not breaking any news to you, but if they could slow down the run, then that gives Bosa and Mack an even better opportunity, right, to pin their ears back. So uh, the Raiders' offensive line, to me, is really going to be the key to this game. If they can open up some holes uh, for the run game for Jacobs and whoever else decides to run the rock, and if they could protect Carr as well so he can get the ball out of his hand. He gets his ball, the ball out of his hands really quickly, so he might be able to get the ball to Adams uh, very real fast, but you still want to see him take a few shots down the field and see if they can uh, you know, test the, the big play uh, ability of, of what they have with the, the three-headed monster that they have with Waller, Renfro, and, and Adams. So uh, it should be interesting. I think it's going to be a hell of a chess match just seeing how that offensive line matches up against the, the Chargers' defensive line. Yeah, for sure, and that's going to play such a huge part of it because if they can hold up, there are big question marks like I talked about with J.C. Jackson, right? Who's going to cover, you know, Devontae Adams at, or Darren Waller, even if you don't have J.C. Jackson? Because if you have J.C. Jackson, right, you can put J.C. Jackson on Devontae Adams and you kind of just take what you get, right? He's probably right. going to get some. Both of them are probably going to get some. But then you have, you know, you put Michael Davis on Darren Waller. You could put Derwin James on Darren Waller. Once you lose J.C. Jackson, you lose a lot of that flexibility. And those are going to be some of the big, you know, kind of questions and the big matchups that are going to decide this one. And we're going to get into the biggest matchups of this game and what we think is going to decide it. Because I do think there are 
some really interesting matchups like the Chargers receivers going up against a rebuilt secondary for the Raiders. Yeah. I want to know what your confidence level was in those guys. But special thanks to Prize Picks for sponsoring the crossover Thursday. Right now, you guys can get a deposit match up to $100, a free $100, when you use the promo code locked on at pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. But I do want to get into those matchups, and I'm wondering what you think are the most interesting matchups. So we're going to get into that. But first, I want to tell you guys about something that is changing the car rental game. I just found out about this. It's nuts. It's Turo. Com. Turo is changing the car rental game because they are the largest car sharing marketplace around. I mean, I already looked it up just near me. There was an Audi. There was a Rolls Royce I could get. There was a Tesla. I mean, it's really changing things up. Yeah, I mean, and it's way less than what I've paid at car rental places before. With Turo, you get to browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion. You can book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip, or you can get a classic or luxury car for a special event birthday or holiday, maybe even a music video. You know, this is a great place to do it. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've always had your eye on, or you can just be like many of Maturo's hosts and just you can actually find everything that you need there. I mean, it's such a thing. Saving money, especially with everything as expensive it is right now. Turo is going to change things up for you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms and conditions, and exclusions apply. Ditch the boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. All right, we are kicking things off here. Crossover week one, Chargers, Raiders, locked on Chargers and locked on Raiders here to break this thing down. It's a huge matchup. I mean, divisional games, right? They always say they're worth double. And I think especially in the AFC West with how things are right now, I mean, this is the craziest AFC West since I've covered the team. I mean, easily. It may be one of the best divisions ever on paper and we'll have to see how it plays out. But these games are so important. And I think between these two teams, there are a lot of really interesting matchups that could end up deciding this thing. So when you're looking at the best matchups for this game, where did you go first? Man, I mean, there's a lot of good questions, you know, because obviously the Chargers have some really good weapons on the outside and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, I look at the secondary for the Raiders, and I believe Nate Hobbs is going to be a dog this year. I think he's going to really step his game up. You're going to see him outside. You're going to see him inside, kind of see him all over the field. But, you know, I, I really think that, you know, as I talked about the offensive line in segment number one, we were just talking about, you know, just question marks and, and what's going on with the team and you know, biggest storylines, I, I think that, you know, you're going to have to look at the, the Raiders defensive line as well. You know, the Raiders defensive line against the Chargers offensive line, you know, Max Crosby, remember him week 18 in Allegiant Stadium, and he basically wrecked the game. You know, he he did what uh, the Raiders are hoping that Khalil Mack and, and uh, Joey Bosa don't do uh, on right. Sunday, which is wreck the game, right? He wrecked the game. Uh, he had like three passes defense, a couple sacks. I mean, he, he just he did he did the damn thing, right? He, he was out there and he was a monster. So uh, I want to see now with Chandler Jones being his other bookend instead of Unique Ngakwe, how that changes, how the interior of the Raiders defensive line, because similar to the Chargers, the Raiders had to bolster that defensive line, that interior. They went out and they signed a bunch of free agents that are over 300 pounds so they could slow down the run because that was something that Gus Bradley, the former uh, defensive coordinator, wasn't worried about stopping the run. He was worried about just getting to the quarterback. He wanted those guys a little thinner that can kind of split the, the block and get to the quarterback from the interior. Well, under Patrick Graham, they want to stop the, the run. They want those big nasties on the defensive line in the interior to be able to do that, plug the hole up, and uh, you know, and then allow Chandler Jones and Max Crosby to pin their ears back. So I'm very interested. Again, this, this game to me is going to be one in the trenches, both off offensively and defensively. So my biggest matchup, and even though I can go in multiple different areas around the field, sure. I think it's got to be the defensive line of the Raiders and the offensive line of the Chargers. Yeah, it's huge. And, and Trey Pipkins definitely won the job there. I still don't think anyone's feeling great about it until they see it. Obviously, when you have a guy like Rashawn Slater that you don't have to worry about, an all pro on the left side, you, yeah. there are ways to help out 
your right tackle. But I think you're right, Q, from the perspective of it is in the trenches because I think there's a lot we have to learn about the Chargers because how did the final game end last season, right? A run that everyone knew was coming and it still went for, you know, eight, nine yards, set up an easier field goal and sent the Chargers packing. Like that is how it ended. And I think that was such a nice little kind of, you know, symbolized everything the Chargers went through last season and how bad that unit was. And I expected to be improved, but how much, right? Because it is all new additions. And it's funny hearing you talk about Gus Bradley because it's like the Chargers are going through the same thing, right? This is year two of Brandon Staley coming from Gus Bradley where they were doing the cover three and they had different kinds of defensive linemen. They've already gotten rid of most of the interior guys that they had, guys like Justin Jones and Limbaugh Joseph. They have different dudes now. They have beefed up on the inside. But we haven't seen it yet. I think a kind of underrated part is Khalil Mack and what he brings. Obviously, you know what Khalil Mack brings as far as setting the edge, as far as what he brings to the table as a run defender. That, I think, is going to be huge. But that is a huge test. The Raiders offensive line and the Chargers defensive line on the flip side of that. I mean, you talked about the pass rushers going up against an inexperienced line. But I'm looking at the running game because I do think the Chargers are not a defense you want to play in third and long. No, no one team ever wants to be in third and long. But the Chargers specifically, when you have, you know, Closers like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, maybe J.C. Jackson and Derwin James. You don't want to get in those situations. It starts on first and second down. It starts with the Chargers being to hold up, being able to hold up on the inside. That is a huge matchup in this game, and I, I think it's going to be improved. How much is still hard to tell at this point. You know, you know, one other matchup that I think is very intriguing, at least to me it is, is the guys on the sideline. I think uh, head coach Josh McDaniels, the uh, first time with the, the Raiders, obviously the first time he's been a head coach since the debacle in Denver and going back to New England as the <laughs> offensive coordinator, going up against Brandon Staley, who Brandon Staley, there's guys that still question him. Sometimes I question if he makes the right call on fourth down. I think that he made a couple bad decisions in that week 18 game against the Raiders, but that's me. You know, that's just what sure. I think. Uh, Brandon Staley's a de- defensive-minded guy. Josh McDaniels is an offensive-minded guy. So I kind of want to see how that chess match plays out as well because I do believe the Raiders last year under one head coach, John Gruden, and then Rich Bisaccia didn't really have the best as far as head coaching goes when it comes to, like, play calling. I know Bisaccia wasn't a play caller. That was Greg Olson, but he wasn't a good play caller at all, right? Uh, Greg right. Olson was, in my opinion, terrible. <laughs> and John Gruden was very suspect. Uh, even though I liked him as a coach, I, I still thought he was pretty suspect with his play calling because it was pretty predict, uh, yeah, predictable. I think Josh McDaniels think, changes things up. You know, in my opinion, sure. he's one of the better offensive play callers in the league. So now he's he takes on another role as a head coach. So how does that chess match work? And you know what I saw in the preseason from Josh McDaniels that I really respected was calls getting in quickly, like boom, 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 boom. You know, there's a rhythm to it. You right. see this, the ball snapped it 18 or 17 seconds a lot of times instead of five. Four, three. Hurry up and snap the ball, dummy. Hurry up and snap the ball. You know, it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> like that. special. Yeah, there was always <laughs> a, a rhythm to it. And so I want to see if he can maintain that in the regular season. Preseason is different. I want to see if he can maintain that in the regular season. And I want to see how Brandon Staley, as a defensive-minded guy, how he counters that. I think that that's an yeah. intriguing matchup as well. 100% because the whole thing with Staley last year, and I think the reason he got a pass on the Chargers having one of the worst defenses in the NFL is, oh, those were Gus Bradley's dudes, right? Those dudes didn't fit what I wanted to do. Last year, I was so focused on improving the offensive line, which was huge and helped them last season tremendously, that I kind of, you know, let things go on the defense. This year, they did it on the defensive side. He doesn't really have any more excuses now. He has all the pieces that he needs. He might not have J.C. Jackson, which is obviously a huge chess piece to have because then everything gets easier for the other 10 dudes on the field. But you're right. And I think the other thing for Josh McDaniels, it's right. It's proving, hey, I'm not just an offensive mind. I'm not just, you know, Bill Belichick's shadow that can only have success in New England. I can branch out. I can be a head coach because I'm sure even Brandon Staley learned last year. 
that it a lot more than just being a coordinator, right? It's a different job. And just because you're good at one doesn't necessarily make you good at the other. I would say in Staley's events, I mean, I think going for it as much as they did won them more games than it lost them. But in the final spotlight game of the season, it ended up hurting you when you go for it, you know, inside your own 20 yard line and then you give it up. And then we all saw the rest of that game played out. I mean, they did go for it in like seven other fourth downs and made it right. in that game, but that, that was more yeah. out of desperation. One last matchup I'm wondering about is I think obviously one of the strengths of the Chargers and one thing they're trying to repeat is their offense, right? And their high powered top five offense scoring top four in DVOA going up against a new Raiders secondary. I know you touched on it a little bit. Yeah. What, what is your confidence with new guys like Anthony Averett, new guys like Rocky Sin, right? New guys in the safety group. How are you feeling about that group going up against Keenan Allen, Mike Williams? And I think a really improved Josh Palmer. Well, I feel great about Nate Hobbs. I'll tell you that right now. I feel fantastic. I do too. <laughs> that dude's good. Yeah. He's a guy, and I mean, just watch him in training camp. He's a dude, right? He's going to be yeah. a next-level player. Uh, Anthony Averett's got a lot to prove. You know, I mean, he did well in Baltimore. He was forced into action because of injury. He did pretty well. So I, I was like, okay, that's fine. But Rocky Sin looks like he's going to be the guy that's going to get the start across from Nate Hobbs. So to me, he's been a guy that I was real high on him coming out of Temple. But in, in my opinion, he kind of underachieved with Indy, right? So this is one of those... He's in the last year of his contract. Can he go out there and prove that he's the guy that he expected to be when he was coming out of college? Now, under Patrick Graham, they're playing this press press man coverage a lot more, and I think that that fits Rocky Sin, what he likes to do, uh, being a former wrestler. So I think he likes to get that hand-to-hand, you know, combat-like sure. and get physical with the guys. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to, you know, work. I mean, you got a guy in Mike Williams with a big body. I expect Hobbs to be matched up with Keenan Allen. And, uh, you know, and then who knows what's going to happen after that? You got a Meek Robertson. Maybe he slides into the slot. Uh, you have Sam Webb, an undrafted free agent from a D2 school that, you know, he made the 53-man roster. So maybe he gets a little bit of burn. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions in the secondary. Again, I feel great about Nate Hobbs, and I think everyone else still has to prove it. Trayvon <laughs> Merrick on the back end, the former second-round pick out of TCU, solid. I think he's going to get better in this in this scheme with Patrick Graham. Jerron Harmon, uh, he's, he's on the depth chart behind uh, Trayvon Merrick, but he's a guy that he's you, you mentioned closers earlier. He's a guy that in New England used they used to call him the closer. He'd always come up with an interception at the end of the game to go ahead and and seal the deal. I think you're going to see a lot of him on the field as well. I don't know how they're going to actually deploy their safeties. You know, they have Harmon, they have Merrick, they have Jonathan Abram. Where's he going to play? Right? right. I mean, there's there's a lot of questions that they have, but between Hobbs and Merrick and Harmon, I feel pretty good about the secondary. But obviously, there's a couple questions still. I think the charge is the same, right? It's like you feel really good about Derwin James. You feel great about J.C. Jackson. I feel really good about Nazir Adderley. I thought he improved a lot last season. After that, though, I mean, there still are a lot of question marks. Will Asante Samuel Jr. make the leap after getting held back by a couple of concussions? Can Michael Davis, after getting benched last season, come back against, you know, some really, really good offensive skill players for the Raiders? And how is it all going to play out? Well, we're going to get into how it all plays out. But first, thanks to Prize Picks for putting this on on Crossover Thursdays. We're super excited about it. But we're going to get into our final score predictions and how we see this game playing out coming up right after this. Back here for the crossover event of week one. It's locked on Chargers. It's locked on Raiders. Trying to decide how this game is going to go this weekend because I think there's one thing we do know, and that's everything kind of goes out the window with these divisional games. And the Chargers went three and three in the division. They split the series with the Raiders last season. And both are trying to get off to a one and no start in the AFC West. And I mean, it is a hugely pivotal game for both teams. You want to get off to a strong start. But when things are all said and done, we went over the biggest matchups, the biggest storylines like, how do you see this game playing out? What do you think the score is going to be? 
You know, it's really interesting with this game because I was reading some nuggets earlier today about this game and or actually about a lot of games in the NFL week one. And uh, the one thing I learned is that the Chargers, the Raiders, the Seahawks and the Saints have all started the last three seasons off with a W. <laughs> right. Man, so obviously that's going to got to give. Here. Right. Someone's <laughs> got to give one of these two teams has to has to lose the game. So that's that's going to be uh, interesting. Obviously, the game's being played in SoFi Stadium. I don't think that it'll be a, 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 you know, a sound issue for the Raiders because I believe that it'll be a ton of silver and black representation in SoFi Stadium. I mean, they're being in L.A. I mean, we kind of know uh, what it all how it all is there. So I don't think there'll be a problem there. But, you know, it's it's it's, it's really it's week one. You know, there's so many questions. Yeah. You know, you talked about college football earlier. College football is great, but you know what you don't know about college uh, college football week one? You don't know what you don't know. Which like the is, rankings mean nothing going right, into that. You yeah. don't know what these guys really look like. And look, I don't know how much the Chargers played their starters in, in preseason. The Raiders didn't, right? They didn't. Yeah. You didn't see Derek Carr. You didn't see Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Chandler Jones, Max Crosby. Saw a little Nate Hobbs in the Hall of Fame game. Saw a little Trayvon Merrick a couple times here and there. Josh Jacobs was in the Hall of Fame game. But that was it. Yeah. So those are the starters, right? So how long does it take for them to get on the same page? Does that, you know, does are they a little slow out of the gates? You know, so there's a lot that goes into this week one matchup where I believe the next time that the Raiders and Chargers play, it's going to be a lot more, okay, I know what this sure. team is going to look like. I know what this team is going to look like. This week, I'm really not 100% sure. Now, I'll say this, and it's <laughs> not me trying to, I don't know, I don't know, just be cocky or whatever. I just, sure. for some reason this week, I've gone into this week feeling pretty comfortable that the Raiders – could go into SoFi and get a victory, but man, I mean, everything's got to go right, right? That offensive yeah. line's got to come together. Uh, they got to protect the ball. You know, they've got to be able to cash in in the red zone. So uh, I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game. What I learned about Patrick Graham and the defense so far, at least what I believe I learned, is that they find a way to stop a, a team in the in the red zone from getting a touchdown at least once. You know, not 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 all the time they don't shut sure. guys out but at least once and that's something that the Raiders didn't do last season under Gus Bradley they were the worst team red zone defense wise they were the worst team in the league they were dead last right so I mean every time you got to the red zone guess what you get a touchdown you get a touchdown and you get a touchdown it's like <laughs> Oprah was handing those damn things out right I mean everyone uh... was a touchdown so I think that that's going to be eliminated a little bit so I expect the score to, of this game to be a little bit lower so if I had to pick a score and, and I'm just going to roll with the Raiders getting a victory because that's kind of what my guts felt like all week, I'm going to say 26 to 20. I think that there's going to be one time uh, or maybe even two times that the, the Chargers will have to kick field goals instead of settle for uh, a touchdown. So I, I'm going to say I'm going to say 27 20. Let's go with that final score and the Raiders drive back to Vegas or fly back to Vegas and, and they're in a good mood. <laughs> I'm definitely going to miss unlocked on chargers like the staple keynote for both the games last year, which is just like the Raiders give up like a hundred percent touchdown rate once you get into the red zone. So it's like, yes. just make it to the red zone key to the yep. game, get in the red zone. Gus Bradley will take care of the rest. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that is huge. And I think especially with how good these teams are, right. And what the margin, you know, for error is for a team, even like the chargers who added a ton of talent, like, a couple of red zone stops do win you games in this right. league, right? Making a team lose four points like that and or whatever the case is. I mean, I know going into this one, there's no way I want it left up to Daniel Carlson's leg. I mean, that's that's my whole goal. Don't leave it up to that dude in the clutch right. to, you know, kick a field goal to tie or to win the game. And so I think the Chargers need to make it so that isn't that, right? So I think right. for me, I'm making this with the assumption that J.C. Jackson's not going to play. That, that's kind of, I mean, I that's think it's I close to... Just for the record, I did sure. that too. So that was part of the reason why the Raiders scored 27. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that's 
because I think it is close to 50-50. It was weird because Staley today was kind of like, I'm not going to confirm he's not going to play, but it's like there's so much gamesmanship, and it's like, right. what does he have to gain from telling the Raiders that J.C. Jackson's not going to play, right? He has yeah. nothing to gain from that. He has yep. everything incentive to keep it close to the vest. That being said, I, I if I had to lean one way, I'd say he wasn't going to play because especially if he's already getting back on the field, if they want to try to ramp him up from that Thursday night game, I'm not saying you should look over the Raiders by any means, but you definitely don't want to rush him back and then lose him for KC anyways, right? right. Or lose him, for, restart yeah. the two to four week process, which is what it's already been right now because he can't really re-injure anything or re-aggravate it because it wasn't a real injury. It was taking out something that was like an unnecessary bone or something, but you could reopen the wound, right? And now right. it's another two to four weeks. That being said, I think the Chargers do give up more than I would hope from their new defense this year. That's a little bit sad. But I do think the Chargers end up pulling it off because I do think the offense, that's the great thing about this team, returning every offensive starter for the most part. And it's hard to argue they got worse at any starting position this year. Then you have, you know, hopefully steps from a guy like Josh Palmer and steps from even Rashawn Slater in this offensive line. I'm going to say the Chargers do what they want offensively against a a secondary that still has some question marks with the Raiders. I'm going to say 31-27 for the Chargers in this one. Oh, okay. Close game right there. Nice little shootout for week one action. Even four like, points. I don't want to I don't want a field goal to tie it. That's why right, it's 31 right. 27. I'm not mad at that. And look, I mean, it, it very well easily could be a shootout like that, you know. And and I think that the Raiders definitely don't want it to be a right. shootout like that. I think that they want, like I mentioned earlier, to be able to uh make the Chargers settle for field goals a couple times in the Slug game fast, and, yeah. and do what they do. And, and again, I think JC Jackson being out is is or if he's out and, and you know, I'm just going on the assumption that he is, I think that's a big factor. So that's that's kind of where I'm leaning and, and think that Devontae Adams uh, starts to show who Devontae Adams is. And it's like, pick your poison because you got Adams, you got Waller, you got Renfro. It's like, that's that's tough right there. And then, you know, Matt Collins also is a little sneaky good. Uh, but the one thing I can say about both these teams, and I've said it for a long time, I feel like there's not really a team in the league that these teams could go and play against and say, oh, man, there's no way that they're as good as them. Right. I mean, the Chargers have plenty of talent on both sides of the ball. The Raiders have plenty of talent on both sides of the ball. I feel for the first time in a very long time that every team in the AFC West has enough talent to go and beat any team in the league, not just in the division. Sure. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? I think there's a puncher's chance with every team. And so that's what's going to make this division that much more fun is that, you know, you can't just go into every game and be like, oh, that's a dub. That's a dub. I remember when those days were when it's like, that's a dub. (laughs) That's a dub. Now it's. It's it's not that simple. There's no right? gimmies. There's no, no gimmies there's no in the gimmies. AFC West at all. No, and so I'm interested to see how you know Denver how they gel with uh you know with Russell Wilson and Daniel Hackett just because Hackett's a, a brand new head coach. But I mean the the talent's there. So there's there's plenty of talent to go around the AFC West. So I can see I can see a game uh, shaking out to a four point win. Uh, you know either way. You know Raiders sure. or Chargers. You know I I always hate predictions because it's so difficult but i just like Especially to roll with my week, gut yeah. feeling and for some reason man my gut all week has just been like yeah i think the raiders are gonna win this game so i, I don't know i mean it's we'll <laughs> see uh, obviously it's gonna be a sofi stadium uh it's a beautiful place it's it's gonna be fun to check it out but yeah that's i mean that's 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 really all you can do is, is hope that no one gets injured and you get out of week one feeling pretty good about yourself and your team feels pretty good about themselves and they move forward to week two because it's a marathon not a sprint Totally. It is a marathon, not a sprint, but I think both teams are getting out of the box on a sprint, right? Because this game is important because of what's lying ahead, right? Because it's, you don't want to get into a hole. It's so hard to dig yourself out. There's so few games in the NFL that you want to get off to a fast start every year. Both of these teams have in recent memory, but at the same time, the Chargers have Kansas City on Thursday night football. And like, even if I like how they match up against Kansas City better than I did last year, it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, the, the dude's right. a freak, and, like, you just never know how those games are going to go. So the thought of getting off to an 0-2 start potentially for the Chargers is 
you know, terrifying in a, a loaded AFC. And for Man. the Raiders, I mean, you have the Cardinals. They're not going to be no slouch. I mean, that team was one of the best teams in the NFL for more than half the season last year and right. have, you know, an explosive, exciting young quarterback in Kyler Murray. And then you get Tennessee and then you get Kansas City. So it's like it is a marathon. And, and that's why, you know, someone like J.C. Jackson, maybe they lean on the side of cautiousness, right? Or, you know, right. whatever. Yeah. But like it, 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 you still it's still so important. This game is hugely, hugely important, even in week one. Yeah, it is. But on both teams, really, I think every team in the AFC West has to get off to a good start. I mean, the Raiders, as you mentioned, they play every every division opponent in the first five weeks. Right. I mean, they go into the bye week and they've already knocked off uh, or knocked off, not knocked off, but played against the Chargers, the Broncos and the Chiefs all in the first five weeks. Right. And so if you get into an 0-2 hole like you mentioned. You could look up and be like, "What happened?" Right? Yeah. You know. So uh, that's the thing totally. about it, man. They, they these two teams have to get off to good starts, and they have traditionally the last three years, as I mentioned, both teams have won their opening game. That's not going to happen this year. One of these two teams has to lose, so it's going to be interesting to see. And then, as you mentioned, if it happens to be the Chargers and they got to turn around with the Chiefs, then they're all of a sudden they're not in a position where it's a must win. But man, you sure would like to get a win, right? I mean, it's one Kinda of those. Feels you like it, yeah. You don't want to feel into an zero and two hole, and then even though the Raiders had the Cardinals week two. You know, to follow that up with, uh, you know, with having Denver, having, uh, you know, Tennessee, all these AFC opponents as well, conference games, that's big too. As you saw how the end of the 2021 season shook out where all these teams, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, you know, uh, the Dolphins, they were all kind (laughs) of jockeying at the end for a place in the the playoffs. Obviously, the Chargers, you got to win the AFC games, you got to win AFC West games. So, man, it's going to be a tough conference and an even tougher division. Yeah. And I mean, like, what do you have to go in the division to win the division? Right. Like it almost feels like at 0 and 2 in the division. Right. That's going to be like it feels like you have to go at least four and two. The winner of this division, you would think, is going to go at least four and two inside of the division, at least in my opinion. Like it has to be somewhere around there Well, you just burnt your two losses if you're the Chargers and you don't get it done. One of these two for, you know, first two weeks. There are a lot of moving parts. This is the first week we get a chance to actually see how Josh McDaniels is with the Raiders as their head coach, what Justin Herbert looks like in year two of Joe Lombardi's system. So yep. many things that we don't know until we get to watch the games. But make sure you guys are always checking out Locked On Chargers and Locked On Raiders, getting into everything going on with the game. I know for the Locked On Chargers, we have a game preview tomorrow. We'll get into some more kind of keys for success and things the Chargers have to take care of and not beat themselves against the Raiders. But Q, where are you at? Where can everyone find you? What are you going to be talking about? Man, I mean, everything is week one action, man. Excited about, you know, the different uh, matchups on, on, on the game. Uh, you know, the Raiders uh, offensive line and what they're doing defensively. You know, head coach Joshua Daniels, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Just how it all shakes out. So, yeah, everything you can find of my work at your boy Q254 on Twitter. I tweet out a link to the show each and every day. And, uh, yeah, I always have it up super early in the morning. So uh, if you're on your way to work super early, uh, you can always lock in and uh, lock into the Raiders and check out what they got going on. And I know you got a lot going on with Locked On Chargers as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's exciting time to cover the team. I think for both of us, right? Like I, I've told people, I think my first two seasons was four and twelve and five and eleven. So like <laughs> we've been through it to get to these kind of glory yeah. days we're getting to now, right? You and me started kind of around the same time on this network, so we kind of had to go through the trials and tribulations oh, yeah. to get to this point. It's a super exciting time for both teams, and the great thing about the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is your team every day. You can find the show on anywhere you find your podcast from, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever. Make sure you rate and review the show if you like it as well. I know that always keeps us going for sure. You can find the Chargers on Lockdown Chargers and subscribe there on the YouTube page as well. But we also show post everything to all of our social media as well. You can find me once again on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports. Once again, that's your boy Q from Lockdown Raiders 
at your board Q254. Super excited for this weekend. Make yeah. sure you guys are with us to check out the post game shows and the previews that we still have to get into this week. But until then, guys, we will talk to you soon. Go bolts. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. You can, you, yeah, you can you can respond to that. I mean, I'm ending with gold bolts. I mean, but you gotta say something. Ah, just maybe. How about that? <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll wrap it up then. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.